Hello, welcome to the Wax Show. I'm your host, TJ. And I'm Matt. And I'm Dan. And today we are talking about credit scores and how much BS credit scores are. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're basically gamifying your value as a human being to banks. Pretty much. It's... It's difficult to fathom how we got to this point. I'm going to be honest. So, Matt, unless you have some really early comment you want to jump in, I'm going to start by explaining, at least from my understanding, what the purpose and function of a credit score... I hope you could hear my air quotes in that. Credit (laughs) score is. Because that's usually a good place to start. You can go ahead. Once I get started, I'm just going to rant about how dumb it is. I meant to ask this before our episode. But do you guys care about saying what your credit score is? I don't care. Uh, I don't care, but that's the response of someone who usually has a good credit score. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious because I, I, I want to know where we're coming from, from like where our credit score is. Yeah. Which I figured we all had decent or good credit score. Okay. So basically, and I'm going to preface this with a big fat wax sticker all right we need to make those yeah and people just slap them on people's cars <laughs> and, and books and shit it's like you whack Whoosh. anyway we'll have a um, 10 pack and if you promise to only slap them on other people's cars you can get them at a discount <laughs> <laughs> anyway so basically a credit score is a a arbitrary measure of your worthiness or like <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to phrase it in a way that helped me understand it. A credit score is an arbitrary measurement of your worthiness and likelihood to pay back money that has been loaned to you. Period. That's basically the function of a credit score is it's a measure of your likelihood to not skip out on payments. Is that generally yep. what you guys that understand? Sounds, as that well? sounds about right. Yeah. Which means You can't have a good credit score if you've never borrowed money, which means the system is designed for you to have to owe somebody money at some point in your life in order to cover any possible emergency that's too expensive down the road. So if you've done everything right and you've paid with actual money that you literally have instead of theoretical money you're borrowing from somebody else your whole life if you have a critical emergency that for example we're all three of us are in america so a medical emergency is a great example because the medical practice in this country is expensive as fuck most of the time for serious things if you have a medical emergency but you've done everything right and actually paid for everything your whole life you are still fucked because you can't get the money lended to you in most cases because you don't have a history of paying people back how fucked is that very fucked (laughs) like what so if i do the right thing if i don't do what my parents and my parents parents did and spend money i didn't actually have but that the banks felt they could safely lend to me for reasons unknown and undefined I'm fucked. 
but the guy who owes shit tons back and makes minimum payments monthly, but is technically in like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt is technically in a perfect financial situation because he can afford everything he could possibly need, even though he's never actually fully paid for anything significant in his life. Like we're rewarding people spending money they don't have. We're rewarding people for spending money that isn't theirs to spend. Yep. With this credit system. Like, fucking shit, man. How about how about this then? Because I will, How do I want to say it? So I know someone who worked at a bank, and I know some of the things that went on at the bank. I'm not going to say names of anybody. But, like, a lot of people would actually take loans out. They would go get loans, and the loans were to pay for vacations. Yeah, but it would help them build their score because that was a loan that they probably didn't need to take out. They had the the cash in pocket to pay that same amount, I'm betting. No, they didn't. Foo fucking war! Why would you take out a loan for a vacation if you didn't have the money? (laughs) That's why they took it out because they didn't have the money. That's that's the the kind of person that I'm talking about, though. Like, I... That person can probably get a loan for anything they need if they haven't fucked up any of yeah, those previous so loans. This this is why I think it's bullshit. To to expand on what you've said, Dan, I think that the person that borrows money that they don't have with the idea that they should probably be able to pay it back should have a bad credit score. Whereas yeah, it, should, it should almost be inverse of what it really is. Like I have a bunch of student debt. I pay it regularly. I, as far as I understand it, I didn't have a credit score, even though I do that. Until I got a credit card, and all that, I do with my fucking credit card is buy groceries and pay off the bill as soon as it's on my fucking bank account. That's that's the other thing. I'm glad you brought that up. It doesn't matter how consistent or how effective you've been at paying off loans. If you don't have a credit account open with a financial institution, none of that matters. Nothing before opening that credit account affects your credit score significantly. People might argue, oh yeah, they go back X amount of years. It's not going to impact your starting credit scores like significantly like, enough. My mom got into massive fucking debt because she would just buy shit. Partially for her, partially for us, when we were young, because she didn't know how to say no. I was kind of a bratty kid, because my mom let me be that way. I've gotten better. I think I'm a pretty well-adjusted, responsible adult. Whoa. Whoa. Thanks. (laughs) Um, But she had fat debt, so my dad would go out. My dad was in the military, so he'd go out on fucking leave, or on, on... underway for a couple months and then come back and my mom would have a new chunk of debt and it got them into big arguments and there were a couple times where they were thinking about getting divorced because of this shit so when I had a chance to get that I was like I'm never spending any money I don't have I don't want a fucking credit card right until and my dad was like you'll have to get one eventually until I eventually was like 25 and I was like I guess I have to get a credit card yeah and I 
good. And now I'm 28, and my I, all I do with my credit card is buy groceries, like $100 of groceries a week or 200 every other week or whatever, and pay it off as soon as the fucking bill pops up on my bank account, and my credit's like 730, 760-something, which, as far as I understand it, the best credit you can have is 800. Why that number? I don't fucking know. 850. But my credit's just, great. Just to make it even weirder. Um, it's probably better. I checked it a year ago. It was like 730 to 760. So it's probably better than that now. And I I would not say I use my credit card. So if I can if I can ask, when you got that credit card, do you know how much was on it? Uh, what my cap allowed? was? Oh, yeah. $4,200. I'm glad you brought that up, TJ. But I'll let you finish your point first. Okay, so I'm just going to go into a little story about how when I got my which is similar to when Matt got his, or a similar way. Like, I didn't do anything except student loans until I got my card, which was only a few years ago. So I was like 27, 28. And um, it was through the bank that I have here. And so I had no other line of credit except for paying off loans. Mm -hmm. I do think it does help your credit. But when I sat down with them, like, I was expecting something super low. They <laughs> that I, like, got it easily. And they, yeah, no, it's way my, easy to get my, a credit card. I wish my it cap, wasn't. my cap was ten thousand. Jeez, <laughs> that like, seems a little high, but okay. I thought okay. mine was high. They were like, "All right, well, you can max this out at forty two hundred. I'm like, "Why?" Now, now, here's here's what's even crazier. Okay, so max out then. All I use it for is gas because I could I do a thing where I uh, I get triple points for gas. I don't even know what my points do, but I only use it for gas. Or if I like. I used it once for a more major purchase, but that's because I knew I was getting paid like in a week from then and then I could pay it off instantly. I just had to move money because yeah. I, I actually am. I have money in multiple banks for different things. He said this is where TJ comes clean about his Swedish bank account. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, so just to finish, uh -huh. I didn't use my card enough and they knocked me down to 4200 Huh. <laughs> Honestly, I think they've sent me a couple letters saying we want to bump you up, and I just kind of ignore them. Oh, I just so, thought that was really weird. I do wanna, I do wanna throw in a bit of a curveball here, just just for clarity for people, because the goal here isn't to scare people away from using the credit system or having a credit card. I mean, because yeah, you does, have to. That and it does have a purpose. Like, instead of going and talking to somebody and trying to get a loan for some kind of emergency. Like, that's that's what a credit card should be for, is like, okay, this is an emergency, I can swipe this card and I'm good to go and I can worry about paying it off later. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it's it's time for me to get this big thing that I, I need or I want that I've been waiting for and I can worry about paying it off when the time comes as I can kind of thing. Like, that, that makes sense. There should be a system like this, especially with the type of economy we have and the system of paying and buying and selling and so on and so forth. My argument is the arbitrary credit system isn't a good measure of someone's worthiness of paying it back and so on and so forth. Um, you brought up the the cap, both of you, of, of a card. So I've had my credit card for, I think, about 10 or 11 years now. And I've got a credit score somewhere upwards of like 750. So I have good credit as well. And the whole the whole time I've had this card, 
I I think my bank that I'm not gonna name for you know just so many fucking and I don't reasons. wanna Yeah, I don't wanna label it and have this episode taken down for some stupid crap. But my bank started me, I think it was at like a one thousand or two thousand dollar cap. And consistently every couple years while I've maintained good credit, I've been watching the number creep upward. Which I think is fine. Because I'm proving to my one specific financial institution that I would be borrowing the money from, that I do consistently pay it off. I think that's an excellent way. Not an arbitrary score, but an actual increase in potential responsibility to pay money owed. And I can choose to take advantage of that or not. What When my cap increases at a reasonable rate, that shows to me that the bank is watching me and they're appreciating what I'm doing and they trust me more. That's what that means. That makes sense. When they give, no offense TJ, when they give someone who hasn't had any kind of history of a a regular credit card use, and this is, I guess, my semi-argument for why I understand the systems in place, I just disagree with how it's designed. When they give a new person $10,000 credit cap, they're asking the person to fuck up so they can make money off of their fuck up. We just lost TJ in the episode, by the way. Oh, he's back. But, like, that's that's so scummy. Mm-hmm. That is, that's the problem with the current system is it allows financial institutions to manipulate people who are applying for a credit account with the bank. If they, like, if obviously you're un- inexperienced, and TJ, I'm sure you probably told the bank person, I've never had a credit card before. I think it's important that I get one at this point in my life. Can you help me? Right? Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, we'll just keep moving on and you'll jump back in anyway. But... Matt, I'm sure you understand the point I'm making here is like, it seems irresponsible to almost bait somebody into that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no, capitalism likes people to be mean. It's other people's money. I mean, I wasn't going to assign it to any type of... Okay. You don't have to. Either way. (laughs) Gee, thanks, buddy. Really took the bullet for me. (laughs) Um... But yeah, so I that that was my kind of explanation of a system of this type should exist. It should be used responsibly, not only by the people with access to getting that that borrowing that money, but by the people who are lending the money. And frankly, that's not. I'm sure there are there are laws in place, there are practices in place that try to force lenders to do that. But like, come on, it's like expecting a kid who's never experienced how to use a stovetop not burn themselves it's like you turn all four burners on and walk away what do you fucking think the kid's gonna do you give tj a ten thousand dollar credit card cap and he's never used credit before it's like telling him hey here's ten thousand bucks go spend it and not telling him the the conditions of fucking yeah yeah like you know honestly if if i didn't in my family have a history of people fucking up with a credit card. I don't think I would have truly had any 
any feeling for the ramifications of poor credit card use. I, yeah. Like, even though I probably should have built my credit sooner and I could have a slightly higher credit if I had, I, like I said, I got, like, a 760. I'm fucking fine. I, you you, I'm you say not. that, though? And, oh, this might be because I bought a house shortly after ours and we're up on everything, but I hover between 790 and 810. Mm-hmm. And that's only a couple years of yeah. having it. Yeah, see, TJ's on the right track here. You say you're fine, man. Mm-hmm. But if you go try to get a significant loan outside of using your credit card, mm-hmm. and TJ, I'm betting this was a hassle for you, or it, it was at least brought up at some point, your credit score could be that high, and they can still deny you for the simple fact of your credit history is yes. too short. <laughs> And, here's here's and, the other thing I want to complain about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go I would say TJ. The, the, what, what benefited me was me and Brittany were in it together. So that counteracted that. Co-signing because helps she a lot. Yeah. Had been building for a while. She was very smart about that. She's very smart with all that stuff, thankfully. <laughs> Give Brittany a high I five will. for me. So that saved <laughs> me with that. The other thing to know is if you're going into those major. Um, loans like a house or something like that if they see that you're just like they said don't open up any new credits don't do any major anything else don't do major purchases of any kind all those are red flags and they'll stop you even if your credit score is good oh which is crazy i i guess this is a good point to flow into like what builds your credit like what what is your credit score score comprised of and how to okay. manipulate the game one thing but matt I, yeah um i wanted to say it really feels like you actually don't have good credit you will never have good credit you will only have not bad credit or bad basically credit. yeah yeah the number of good there's, credit is there's no fucking point joke. it sounds like there's no fucking point at which i will have good enough credit that i can walk into a bank and say this is what i like to do i think i've proven myself trustworthy let me do it no they will still check me the number doesn't mean anything they'll still go back through all of my records why do i even have a number if they're going to check everything i've ever fucking done anyways it's a quick reference point for them and it if if what you're requesting isn't above a certain threshold, they can. Pro- I don't know for sure. I've never worked in a bank, but they can probably make a judgment call based on your credit score if it's below a specific it's threshold. Fair, but it's it still feels like really the number actually serves so that if I come in and ask for ten thousand dollars, my credit score is three hundred. They can laugh at me and say, "Get the fuck out of here." Basically, yeah. I mean, that frankly, that's actually a good way to put it. Credit scores are so they can label people who aren't going to pay them back. They're not for people who are actually trying. That's when you go through the whole process of a check and an interview and stuff like that for large yeah. loans and things. So you are correct. It It is yet again another system to fuck over people who are not doing well or who are irresponsible, which one of those two things is okay while giving no benefits to the people who are responsible and who are just trying to get something Yeah, no, really, I don't have a problem with fucking over bad people. I do have a problem with a system being in place that I have to play along with while doing nothing wrong. Which which doesn't benefit me. 
So let's flow into what actually is part of a credit score. Because I wish somebody sat down and explained all of this to me. My parents like kind of half did when I asked the question. Oh, also, I wanted to bring up the point, Matt, you, you had explained like if you hadn't experienced the repercussions of bad credit, you probably would be in a different situation right mm -hmm. now. Th that is an interesting like social point because you experienced it because you were smart enough to note it and your family was willing to talk about it. I believe, I don't have any evidence for this, but I believe there is a large amount of people going into a situation where their parents hid any kind of credit issues, the functionality of credit, the functionality of money in general in their family from their children, who then go off and live on their own with no concept of the repercussions and the ramifications of this whole system. And those are the people who tend to fuck this up and just get ruined yeah. by it. Yeah, no. Because, small tangent, uh, parents don't think they need to teach their kids anything anymore. They think schools do it. But schools don't teach you everything. <laughs> so, fuck you, parents. <laughs> so, jumping track <laughs> to... Uh, there, I've, I've got, for reference, I'm not spewing this out of my ass. I'm still not qualified to talk... Ah, I'm almost qualified. I'm still not qualified to talk about this kind of stuff in a formal capacity... This is more of an off-the-cuff thing, but I did some Google-foo. Uh, what I'm quoting now, what I'm referring to now, is straight off of Investopedia.com. And their their debt management guide, they talk about how, like, what your credit score is, things like that. Um, there are five components to your credit score, and they've actually broken out the percentage in which each of these affects your credit score, which is really cool. I've never seen this before. Uh, but I did know the five types of oh. things that comprise your score. I, I would like to What's say, up? I think I have decent credit. I don't know any of this shit Dan's about to say. Same. <laughs> I simply was told that I need to use my credit card and pay it off. And this is how I build credit. This is all I know. I pay for my groceries with my credit card. I pay off my credit card almost immediately. So, all this shit Dan's about to say, apparently, you need to know what to play the game, which is fucked up in its own way. <laughs> so, I guess before I talk about the five types, it's important to know, in America, in the United States, there are three credit unions that determine credit I don't school. even know which one I'm part of. Well, there might be more than three, but these are the three main credit reporting agencies. Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. If you get a credit score reading from somewhere else, they're probably just accessing their databases. Which, frankly, I think that's okay. I would hate to have 60 different places calculating the same score, all with different mm -hmm. variances. That would be a mess. So, just a heads up, those are the three ones that are respected throughout the country, basically, for their score. But... The five things that make up your credit score. Number one, and this is the problem with the whole system, in my opinion, or one of the significant problems. It's number one, sizes, that man. makes up 35%. 35% of your credit score. Over a third of your credit uh -huh. score. Oh, never mind. No, I'm, number three is the one that I think is the problem. Um, but... 
the one that makes up 35% of your credit score is your actual payment history, which does make sense. I, I read the wrong thing. <laughs> thing. That that makes sense. I think at least a third of your quick reference, are you going to pay me back, should be based on whether you've paid people back. That makes sense. Arguably, half of it should be this. Just saying. But things happen. People get slammed by shitty situations. I think there should be some leeway to a degree. You know, sometimes you need the extra week to pay somebody back because, you know, some unexpected huge expenditure occurred, stuff like that. But 35% of your credit score is determined by whether you pay people, institutions, cards back on time. Which makes sense. Don't think there's any complaints from either of you. No, right? no. Yeah, that would make sense. It's fine, yeah. I was looking up. Go ahead. Num you finish this. No, no, I'm just going to continue. If we're talking about each point as we yeah. go, that's fine. It's also going to make people wait the whole episode to find out all five. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> We've got you now. You can't just Google this yourself. <laughs> mine, was a, mine was a small uh, yeah, tangent. Yeah, I gave him point, the website. Not having to do with the first yeah, thing. Yeah, go for so. it. Oh, okay. So I was looking up because you said the three, those three, and I was like, well, which one do I use? I use FICO. Um, I th yeah, I think FICO, your FICO score is based on here. Hang on, let me um, Google this real quick. Not Pico de Gallo, FICO. Yeah. F-I-C-O. Um, yeah. And the other point I was going to say, it's nice because my, my bank app is has a direct thing to it, so I can just check it through my account. Oh, shit, I don't have that. Um, that was what I was going to get to, which is kind of a tangent off the points. My bank does that, too. Is, really um, nice. I, I don't think enough banks do that. And it's really hard to actually figure out what your credit score is without having to pay for it. And you shouldn't have to pay to access your credit score. When I do your my credits, taxes, they, they give me the credit score. That's fine. But we should have access to our own credit score mm -hmm. all the time. <laughs> Ooh, here's another thing. <laughs> okay. Checking there's, your there's credit a bunch. score reduces your credit score. If you check it too often, yeah. there's there's a little bit about that that's misleading. Um before we jump too far down. Is it down getting that somebody right. to check but it too often? Kinda, yeah. So Experian Equifax and the I think it was TransUnion. Those are like the main three, but like FICO is also a respected one. Apparently Credit Karma is the thing too. So there are a bunch of different ones, but frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if most of them just analyzed based off of that the would make three. Sense, yeah. Um But yeah, FICO is another one. And Frank the I like my bank gives me a FICO score readout. But yeah, Matt, to your point. Um it is it is having your credit score run that impacts your credit score, um, which occurs if you formally check your credit score, if that makes so sense. So it's basically the process of if you do enough things that require you to get your credit score checked at the same time, it is viewed as irresponsible. Yeah, so essentially... What they're doing is they're negatively impacting your credit score because you're thinking about using it. That's so stupid. How fucked is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like when, for example, TJ's bank and my bank, I think I can get a, a free quarterly credit report. 
And then when I do my taxes, if I do it with TurboTax or whatever online, they also offer like, hey, we'll give you your credit score based on your history of tax information and financial records and stuff. The, the bank one times it, I believe, so that it has minimal to no impact on your score because you're not manually requesting. And I think the one for taxes probably is minimal to no impact as well because you're not asking about it for purposes of using it in those instances. Your bank is requesting an update to keep you informed, like you were saying, or you're already doing something related to financials you're doing the yearly government tithe. So they're going to let you know your financial situation at that time if you opt into that feature and you've paid for it. So normal, regular credit checks aren't going to fuck your score up significantly, if at all, especially if you're not the one requesting it. But when you go get checked for a house loan, when you go get checked for a car loan, so on and yeah. so forth, th when you're doing that every month or every other month, then that starts impacting your score. So people who are worried about checking their credit score because they think it's going to drop their credit score, that's, it exists, but it's not as punishing as people think it is, if at all. I From my understanding. This, that's how it was yeah, explained to me. I, uh, I actually can check my credit on I just did. There we go. I'm a and, and that's... Nice. And that's basically your bank ran your credit report for their records. They just made that information available to you. That wasn't you looking to see if you could use your credit for something. So that won't bring your score down, I believe. Yeah, because mine just shows up. So what you're saying thing, is they don't so. actually check my credit. They just have it on hand and they periodically update, update it. it. Mm -hmm. And they just tell me the number they have, not my actual like. So if, if we're pretty close to the next time they run it, it's probably different. Yeah, but never by much because of the way yeah. the system works. The only time your credit score is going to start, like, seriously changing is if you start missing payments or taking out huge That's loans, another stuff thing. like that. So you're telling me I can't build more credit by paying off a, a loan quicker, but I can absolutely trash my credit by missing a payment? Yeah. Basically, yeah. It's way Fuck easier to tank you your score credit. than build your score. Yeah, building credit score is actually super hard. Yeah, Not super hard, but like it's, it, a long process. It takes time. Yeah, it, it is not a, a fair two-way street. One, one road is much faster so, than the other. So if I miss a credit direction. payment, and then the, literally the next month I miss that credit payment because I like had to quit this job to start a new job that pays way better, and now I can pay double what I usually pay. I'm still, I still fucked my credit. Awesome. Great. Thanks. Correct. And it's actually better to just continue paying the minimum for a longer term, which we'll get into in step three of the five steps that make up your step credit Step three, score. that's the bullshit one. Yes. Uh, step two of what makes up your credit score, unless we have any other points on step one, payment history, is total amount owed, which also kind of makes sense. That's basically the outstanding money you owe, the total value. If you have a shit ton owed, I guess this is an argument for what you were saying, paying it off faster. You can reduce the total amount owed sooner by paying more in installments. So that does have a positive impact, but it is not a direct, it's more of a secondary thing. Because you paid it off faster, you're reducing that number. 
it's not because you paid it off faster. It is because that number dropped, basically. And this second piece, the total amount owed, counts for 30%. So you've essentially got two-thirds of your credit score made up by two things. Your payment history and your total amount owed, which are okay measures. I think total amount owed is less representative than it's been given credit for, but they've got to do something. Yeah. So the more you owe, the worse your credit score. Yeah, basically. Okay. Because the more you owe at any given time means the less you're worried. It makes it appear. No, I like that. I like that the more you owe, the less. Like, if I... The less they're willing to loan (laughs) Once I do have, like, an 800 or whatever in my credit, and I don't owe anything, then that, that not owing anything is working for me. Correct, yeah. And and frankly, that second piece is is why the credit market right now is so bad, is people in your situation owing tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans and student debt, 30% of their credit score is based on the fact that they owe that money. Mm-hmm. When realistically, that's never going to get paid off in a quick amount of time. That's an insane amount of money. You'd have to... Not only would you have to be super smart and super talented in a high-paying job, but there is a certain degree of luck required. And now we're bringing RNG into a mechanic of real life, which is never a good thing. So there's there's some ramifications to step two that I'm not a huge fan of, but I understand this the whole real life kind of game thing. thing needs some patches. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's step two. And I, I honestly, I don't think there's much to talk about with that. We've kind of mentioned the major steps to it. There's not really much you can do other than try not to hold a massive amount of debt. I guess, I guess a decent guideline, at least the way I've, I've looked at it is if you can help it, which a lot of students can't never have more than one to two major loans on your credit that you need to pay off. Which, as a student, make the, add, add one to that. Because you can't change the fact that you need student loans. Because we've already had an episode on our broken-ass school system. <laughs> and again, all of this stuff applies to the U.S. I don't know how it works in other parts of the world. If it's similar, cool. I don't know. Yeah. But that's point two. Uh, I can move on to point three, unless anyone has anything else. No, I think we covered that one. Okay, point three, which is the bullshit one. (laughs) Albeit, I didn't realize it was as small of an impact as it is here. Number three is the length of credit history. And it counts for 15% of your credit score. I'm assuming these are rounded to some degree and the values are weighted when they actually make the score and all that other bullshit. This is just an easy summary. Longer credit histories are considered to be less risky because there's more data to play with. As a data analyst, I was a professional data analyst for the U.S. Army for four plus years. And actually, I'm a data analyst now for a company in their sales department. As a data analyst, this does fundamentally make sense. However, a longer credit history does not mean a more useful credit history. Does that oh, make yeah. sense? Mm-hmm. 
just because you have more data points does not mean that you have a better read of an individual. This is why I love being someone who professionally does rational, logical calculations, but who was formally educated on social concerns through communication and understanding the human being. My, my education heavily relied on what motivates human beings. That was my study point in college. I chose my classes based off of that. And my education taught me Human beings are motivated by all kinds of dumb shit half the time. And they have a lot of external things As impacting a human being them. Can so, <laughs> so when you rationally analyze a history of data points completely dependent on the behavior of an irrational human being, because as much as we try to convince ourselves, we're all irrational mm -hmm. at some point in our lives. Right. Sorry. That increases the likelihood you have outliers and exceptions to your data set of credit history in this case. The longer a credit history runs, the more likely you're going to be including a point in someone's life where they are not behaving in a manner that constitutes their natural human behavior as their individual personality. Which means the longer your credit history runs, the more likely your data is going to get fucked up by an abnormal period of time. So why are we basing 15% of the, the, the degree of responsibility of the individual off of continually increasing length of history? So and no other point. It's simply length. It doesn't have to do with like consistency over length or anything. Correct. So where where those two points merge is when you factor in everything as a whole. So when you consider points one and two in relation to three, then it makes sense. Your your total amount owed over time as it fluctuates and your consistency of paying over time. The, the overtime part is step three, mm -hmm. the length of credit history. That's but, why it together makes up your credit score. But they don't actually interact, though, is my problem. From my understanding and from what I'm reading right now on Investopedia, no. Literally 15% is just, you've had credit for that's this so long. so stupid. Whatever kind of credit <laughs> it is. And that's my fucking so yeah, if problem! I, if I have credit for 30 years and I have one blip in my 30 years, then... It shouldn't mean much, even the if it's a big blip, but it doesn't matter. It simply matters that I've had credit for 30 years, but also the one time I fucked up, it was really bad. Exactly. So so basically, in your example of 30 years, let's flip it. You had shit credit for 30 years, except for one year in the middle. The fact that you have a history of 30 years is only doing you benefits, <laughs> even though it's been shit the whole time. So... That's just now the f the fact that you've owed a lot and you've never made a payment for thirty years. That's, that's hurting. That's such you. fucking. But the thirty year history that's is such helping. Dumb you. bullshit. Because <laughs> you basically have to have credit. The time shouldn't factor into anything if they're not going to make it factor. Yeah. With stuff, if it's simply time, well, you have to have credit. Mm. The worst part is how obvious it is of how wrong it is. That's the worst part of a lot of America. Yeah, that's true. Now, I I will I will make the argument that 
it's only 15% of the whole. But it is more than step four, which I would argue is a better measurement of whether you're going to pay people back or not. <laughs> I feel like that's what's keeping me from like being staying up above 800 is how short of time I've had credit. It is. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Because of the fact that and, and the reason this is so frustrating for me is a lot of people in our generation or younger do not get a credit card until they feel they have yeah. to. And all three of us have said that's the case. I was leaving for the army. I didn't want to have to figure it out on my own. So I said, Mom, Dad, can you help me open up a bank account and get a debit card and I guess a credit card if I have to? I didn't get it before. I was planning on getting a house. <laughs> Yeah. And then, Matt, you had said the same thing. You you realized that you could not get through yeah. life without it. So you got it. You We, all three of us, essentially got it at the latest point we felt we possibly yep. could have. Which is a little different from individual to individual. But typically late teens to early 20s, maybe mid-20s at the latest. In most cases. Which I believe the earliest you can get it and this may be even earlier if your parents are willing co-sign. to co-sign on the account for a while, is I think 16? I think you need to check on that. I don't know. Yeah. That I got it at 25. It's somewhere in like the, the mid to late teens. You can actually open up your own account. I know parents can also open an account in their child's name, I believe. That's some bullshit. Which, yeah. It's some bullshit unless your parent is Wisconsin. No, it's just some bullshit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because if your parent's responsible, they can open an account for you. I believe their yeah, name's no, on it There's as well. a whole while, bunch of things. While you're there dependent. If the people doing it are good and nice and yeah. smart. I mean, that's the yes. case with everything. That's, that's why I'm saying it is just bullshit. Because I... Yeah, I mean, autocracy is an excellent system if the yeah, no, is good. Yeah, no, I completely system. agree. Dic- if you have a good dictator, which you will never have, uh, it, it is the best form of government. We should yeah. do an episode on that. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, but anyway, I, I'm pushing time here, so yeah. I'm going to keep going. Um, but yeah, basically, to your point, Matt, if a responsible and good parent were to do that, and I believe while you're their dependent, the financial responsibility of the account is theirs. A smart, good parent will open an account in their child's name as early as possible, a credit card specifically, and they will do smart, reasonable, and responsible financial choices on their child's credit account for them. Such as what you're doing. If your parents had bought groceries with your card when you were a kid, and kept doing that and kept paying it off, you would have walked into adulthood with a credit history of X years that was actually Which I don't credit. think I would have deserved. But that's one of the ways to play the system for the sake of your future family. Yeah. Also, it lets smart, bad parents open credit cards in their children's name and ruin their credit forever. Uh, it would also fuck their credit. Yeah, but if they already have bad credit, who, what do they care? They just want another credit card. I mean... Yeah. Potentially, but I'm pretty sure they wouldn't Hopefully. give them very much on a kid's account credit card. Yeah. Because, let's be reasonable, 
being a child means you're always going to have bad credit. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust kids. And I've been one. I, arguably, I'm still one to a yeah. degree. <laughs> the fact that we're doing a podcast episode on credit, I would argue against that. Yeah, but we also did a three, five episode long one piece. What piece? piece is important? <laughs> damn it. <laughs> anyway, that's, the, that's so that's yeah. What one piece is the ultimate credit score. Yeah, what's your one piece score? Mine's anyway. like a thousand and one, bitch. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Mine's one because it's one piece. They haven't oh, gotten there yet. Shit. Anyway, <laughs> um. But yeah, so length of credit history, making up 15% of your score, and it is literally just how long you've had a credit history, that is my biggest problem with it. That's fucking bullshit. Because you have super responsible young people who just barely get their credit card because they need it for something in that moment or in that small time period, and they won't be able to, to get the loan they need because they don't have the history even if they've been responsible. And that, that tracks into... Credit history starts when you open a credit account, not when you start paying people back. Yeah. And I'm sure there's some kind of window where they'll retroactively look at what you've done or whatever, but normally they go hand in hand. I can see why the assumption is there, but I don't think it's a 100% case situation. That's fair. Um, number four counts for 10% of your credit score is the types of credit used. So, basically, this is like car loans and mortgages and credit cards. Basically, different sources of credit. And I believe having multiple is better. Which kind of makes sense, right, TJ? Yeah. Um, as long as you're not going into any major loans, like, in, in recency. Like, as long as you don't open anything up new to go do it well that's that's step five gotcha. um oh, my bad <laughs> but it, no you're good you, it, at the end of the day the reason it's a credit score comprised of these five things is they're supposed to be taken together for all of our nitpicks about individual steps they're supposed to be calculated and interpreted as a whole yeah. so that makes sense um but i also think this step is a better measurement of how long you've been paying people back um, or better measurement than how long you've been paying people back. Because saying you've had a history of borrowing, lending, so on and so forth for 30 years doesn't mean much. Saying you've been successfully pulling loans for a car, a house, your credit card, a medical bill, and something else, and consistently paying those back, I, I would argue... Being able to keep track of all those different things you owe money to, if it's in conjunction with successful payment history and keeping the total amount owed down, yeah, is more a sign of responsibility than I've had a history of credit lending and borrowing for X years. Yeah, definitely. Okay. That makes sense. So you said number four was the number of loans you're paying off? Yeah. No, no, no. The types, types. the types of loans. Yeah. So, like a car, a house, your credit card, uh, a medical bill, uh, student loans, child care loan. So, if like I'm that. making, I, I don't, I would pull in like everyday stuff too, like groceries and all that. So, if I'm making like a couple million dollars a year, I'd fall under credit card. Mm-hmm. 
And I just outright buy everything. And the only thing I need credit for is I am not a healthy person. I have all sorts of medical bills. That only counts for one, even though I'm paying like hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills every year. Right. Yeah, basically. God, but so it this is only 10% of your score, one. Two, when being considered for various loans, your credit score is only one of many things that yeah. are taken into consideration. I feel like that should have been mentioned at the start of the episode. I apologize. I didn't think of it till now. But like when a bank considers you for a loan, your credit score is a major thing they consider. But also your current financial situation is certainly Yeah, no, if, the, if the bank is like, oh, this guy's got a couple million dollars. He wants like $400,000. Yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. Basically, he does at that point if you're in that situation the bank's gonna look at you and be like okay you just don't want to burn that much money in one sitting so you're gonna borrow it from us to burn and then pay us back in installments you're using it as more of a system than an actual need of money and they probably love that shit yeah yeah because that's the safest loan you can make someone who who knows they have the money to pay it back and you know they have the money to pay it back yeah but yeah i I don't know for sure. I'd have to imagine number four types of credit is probably something of a bell curve. If you don't have enough or you have too many different types of credit, then it's a problem. But if you have that middle bracket of like three to seven, I'm, I don't know if that's actually <laughs> true. I'm spitballing a number for an example. I feel like that's a good medium but if score, you, though. That's, that's a reasonable number range. Yeah, if you're somewhere in the middle then they're probably like, okay, they can keep track of a couple different credit accounts I and feel, not miss payments, which is calculated. I feel in like seven's a bit high for then, you to say that you definitely know that's exactly the correct number. Yeah, which I don't I know. I was giving that you that shit. Is, that so. was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you think of it, but that's if you think of it as step a bell curve, you said, then seven would be on that lower right side. So. Yeah. Basically, it's are you <laughs> how many standard deviations are you away from the media, yeah. realistically? Shit, spin that sweet, sweet math talk. <laughs> uh, and then the last step, which accounts for the final 10% of your credit is, score, is butthole size. Finally, is there. you guessed it. Damn, got me. No, it's um, how many new accounts a person has or how many they've applied for recently. Which, ah, here it is, which results in credit inquiries and when the most recent account was updated. So that credit inquiries, that's what they mean by don't check your score too often. And it's because it's an indication of, it's a potential indication of people trying to open up multiple accounts. Because I'm sure there was a period of time where you maxed out one credit account and didn't have the money to pay for it. So you opened another credit account to use the credit to pay for the credit. <laughs> Which is, See what I mean? Uh... So it's a couple bad apples abusing the system, fucking it up so for that's, everybody. I, I do. We had to say there are a lot of people who don't know how to handle their money, and they are part yeah. of the problem for the system. And you can only blame them so much because who the fuck taught them? Nobody. Yeah. No. Let's go back to my fuck you parents. Yeah. Basically, a a group of financial people came up with this system. I would like to think innocent heartedly saying this is a great way for us to help people in a time of need. And then other people 
saw it as a system of weakness saying, oh, you're just handing money out to people you think will pay you back and came up with some schemes, some worked, some didn't, that allowed them to abuse said system that was designed to help people acquire what they wanted yeah, I and needed. Surprised this is one of those many things that comes about right around the ass end of the Great Depression or World War II. <laughs> yeah. But I also think that this last point has some merit. And obviously, all of these do. This is not a new system. No. I'm sure this has been analyzed and adjusted and tweaked and designed for decades. I don't understand why length of credit history is still so significant with that point in mind, but I'm sure these are to some degree an important measure of your financial responsibility as an individual. Um, I think just to, to close out point five here, I think that makes a lot of sense. If you're opening a new credit account every two weeks, that's probably a sign that you're in some kind of financial trouble. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> but to counter that argument, if you are like TJ, who opens a credit account, applies for a home loan to buy a house, and then I'm just going to pitch some random stuff here, uh, uses his credit card to buy new furnishings for that house, and then also has to take out a loan because his poor kitten got super sick and the vet bills were way more than anyone ever anticipated. All of a sudden, you've opened up three to four to five different lines of credit in a small window. And that's not because you're in a bad financial situation. That's not because you're being irresponsible. That's because you literally fucking needed it for every single yeah. one. But you're getting fucked on your 10% because of it. Yep. There are cases where it's unfair. And this falls into many, like many other things, you can't accurately measure 100% of people. That's true. For all so, things. <laughs> and, and that makes the system inherently flawed, which is why many financial institutions use more than just your credit score to determine whether they're going to give you a loan. But this is by no small part of that process like this this is a significant part of that process which you can get fucked on so it's by no means a perfect system and there are ways that it can be improved that's kind of the point I'm making <laughs> any final thoughts I don't know. well we had talked about maybe some like ways to actually build credit so maybe we can round this out with like 10 minutes of talking about stuff that we've done to to get to the credit scores we have okay. kind of thing like tj you said i think you said you've got the highest credit score out of all of us or have had what what behaviors have you done that you think have contributed to that now that you know the five pieces that make up that score well i only have the one credit card oh. uh really it's just same thing as Matt's done is just uh, I use it for gas and sometimes for a couple other things, but not usually. Um, but I pay it off. I pay it off before it's even due. Um, not super far ahead, depending on how many times like I know I need to get gas or something like that. Uh, that's pretty much it. Because I, I have that, we have the house, and then we have I have my student loans. So I technically have three uh, that are open okay 
So you're pretty conservative with the types of lines of credit that you make. You always make your payments and it sounds like you do it in a timely manner and you probably do your best to keep the total amount owed low, which I would attribute to, you know, using it for gas and for groceries, but paying it off as soon as possible. That's keeping the edge off of that total yeah. kind of thing. Yep. Nice. I, I'd be really curious to see if total amount owed is a factor of maximum amount based on your history you've ever owed compared to current amount. Because then you could really kind of tweak and fuck with the system that way. You could take out a big-ass loan, pay it off immediately, and then your current amount owed will always be compared to that peak amount owed. And There's it'll always a good look point. better. Interesting. What if I just <laughs> periodically go to my bank and say, I want to take out it would probably look fishy if I just walked in and say, I want to take out as much money as you'll let me take out right now in a loan. So, like, figure that out. Like, go in with some outrageous number. Like, I want to take out $100,000. And, like, we'll give you $40,000. And you'll be like, okay, fine. You just go home, sit on that for almost a month, and go back in and be like, here it is. And just give it back. Just give the fucking money back right before interest occurs in accrues. Like, could you just build credit that way? I don't know. That's an interesting yeah. theory. I don't know. <laughs> I I wouldn't recommend it. It feels a little financially irresponsible. I also think it would start fucking you in the long run on the credit inquiries. So you'd have to find the yeah. right spacing. There's so many factors. I'm not by by no. I am by no means suggesting or condoning that anybody do that. If you do that, you're a moron. And I don't take any responsibility for being a moron. Oh, we brought up the point you had, you had asked about um, immediately paying your stuff off and how that impacts your score. So I, I meant to bring that up in number three. So technically speaking, while that does keep things down from point two's perspective, reducing the total amount owed, your payment history and your length of credit are secondarily impacted by paying them off faster. Because if you, let's say you spend $300 on groceries and then at the end of two weeks you pay the $300 off. That's one payment over the course of two weeks. Whereas if you did a $300 grocery purchase and paid it off over three weeks with three $100 payments, technically you're increasing the number of consistent payments and allowing your length of credit history to build because you have those payments in that history that is technically better for your credit score even though it's arguably more financially have... irresponsible and that is another point that i have an issue with with this system that's interesting the... <laughs> yeah i was just thinking what were you saying Matt? Oh, no, sorry no, thank you um I was just going to say, have we talked about, or does anybody understand, as far as I understand it, it is actually technically beneficial to let small amounts of a money of money on your, small amounts of a owed money on your credit card accrue interest periodically. Yeah, I've, that's what I was told when I first opened a credit account was always have a little bit of a balance which i never it. do 
and just because that just sounds dumb. Which I yeah, I I think it falls under the same principle I just explained. It's a method that results in always having a payment that you are paying, which is that payment history. It gives them a baseline of well, it's not much, but he is making sure he pays it on time every time. Whereas if you have a balance of zero, there's no payments occurring until you make a credit purchase and then you pay it off. And then there's a long stretch of no payments occurring. I definitely stay at uh, I definitely stay at zero. Yeah, no, I also I don't want to pay extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think it's I think it's that point I just made of like it gives you something. But that's the fucky part. Off. The best way to so, build your credit is to pay more money than you owe. Fuck you. Of course. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> of, of of course. You're sh- yeah, the, of course the system is designed for the banks to make money off of interest. Fuck <laughs> you, John Bank. But that's that's yet again another problem with the system that I would argue. But they are technically independent businesses that need to make income somehow. So Except it's bullshit that um, there's an... I could go through my entire life functioning just fine. I Ideally, I will go through my life never needing a loan. I don't think that's reasonable. That's... I don't think that's going to happen. But that is my goal. That is my ideal. I will... I will... live in an apartment... Until I have enough money to just, boom, buy a house. I will not buy a car that I need a loan for. I will just buy a car that I can make the payments on. I know that making payments is a type of loan, but it isn't. It is different, as far as I understand it. Yeah, yeah you're not borrowing. It's it's a little different. Basically, it's not a financial institution loan. At that point, it's, like a it's getting loan. the car company to give you the car it's getting the car company to give you the car on good faith and then paying them back in installments. So it's a it's a loan with the the car company, yeah, not a bank. So it's a it's a loan of equipment, a property loan on the promise of payment. Like yeah. They are loaning you a chunk of property with the idea that you have a good enough credit that you will make the payments on it. Yeah, and and just to loop back to the point of. Um, keeping a little bit of money on your card and paying the interest off to have a, a, a payment history build up. While that makes sense, as soon as you have another loan you're consistently paying off monthly, that ceases to be a helpful function. I mean, technically, it shows that you're consistently paying two types of credit, so it's still helpful to a degree. But if you're really only doing the one and you're okay with building with just the one consistent payment over time, if you have another type of loan, you should be fine not having a balance but, on your credit card. So, like, yeah, go ahead. You go ahead and finish. I was just gonna I was gonna give an example of like your student loans yeah. or TJ's house loan. As long as you're consistently paying those, that can take the place of keeping a balance on your credit card for having consistent consecutive payments mm-hmm. on your payment history. I was just gonna say like Ideally, except for student loans, I will never take out another loan. And in it, and if my plan works out, if it all works out like that, then the entire credit system is just a detriment to me who has done nothing wrong. 
the only yeah. other things you have to think about are like houses. But houses. that's my point. I am completely willing to live in a fucking apartment until I can just buy a house outright. I am completely willing to not get a car that is so much that I need a loan for it that I can just make the payments off to a car company. In in summary, yes, you get punished for not playing. You are correct. Which is bullshit. What? One more reason I don't like this system. Yep. That's probably one of the worst reasons, actually. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll wrap this up here. I'll throw in some of my my personal methods of of building credit thus far. Um, I did the keep a small balance on my credit card for a while when I was in the army. Um, when I got out of the army, I got a car. And I kept my, my balance at zero while I had the car. Making consistent regular payments on that was good. Please, for the love of God, set up auto pay if you can. It helps you avoid missing payments, which is one of the worst things you can do for your credit score. Um, once I started college, I would buy my books on my credit card and pay my credit card off. Highly recommend doing that for college students if possible. Um... Basically, just use your credit card when you go to the bookstore, buy your books, and the next day, provided you have the money for it, or as soon as possible, immediately pay your book cost off on your card. Uh, that's an easy way to get some decent credit while being a student. Um, really, just if you want to build credit, if you want to build credit and do nothing, just pay. Pay all the bills that you'd be normally paying from your checking account with your credit card, and then Wait the couple days for the charge to show up on your checking account, and then or on your credit account, and then pay it from your your checking. Like in that's, the beginning, that's the easiest yeah. way to do it. Yeah. I would pay rent and buy groceries on my credit card. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're if you're renting an apartment, put your rent on your credit card, and then basically at the end of every month it comes out of your credit card, and then the day after that, pay your credit card off. And you've got you've got a consistent history of uh, off of rent as well. Um, it's it's really just determining what is feasible to put on a credit card, and then taking and care of the card. Technically speaking, you That's could even use thing. this as a method to pick your own rent date. If you set up auto pay through your credit card to your rent, your rent will be paid when it's supposed to be paid every month. And then as long as you yourself have a reoccurring day where you want to pay your rent, which is actually just paying off your credit bill, there you go. You've picked your own rent date, effectively. Yeah. Man, I might fucking... Yeah, that's really that. smart. I, never thought of it. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it, but that's really smart. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and then like another thing too is... Uh, I personally am guilty of this, but if I go out and, for example, buy a new TV, most of the time I look for a deal. I make sure it's something within price range based on my current bank account so I can flat out buy it. And a lot of times I do. Frankly, it would be smarter to take the payment plan if it's an option and consistently pay that plan. off. Because realistic, realistically, that's only going to last a couple months and you can pay more to cut months off the end to reduce interest. And you're never going to be paying more than maybe 50, 100 bucks on interest, depending on how expensive the piece of equipment you're buying is. That's an easy way to add additional types of payment history completion onto your account. Right. And it's not a threat to your financial situation if you plan to be able to afford it with the money in the bank before you go buy it. 
Now, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's probably I'm not, not a good idea. But if you're not, then it's, yeah. it's an option. Just for people looking yeah. for ways to build credit a little bit quicker it just or recover from negative so much credit. The idea that I should plan to pay more for a thing to more effectively build my credit that I don't even want to use in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that last that last piece is, is the personal kicker kind of thing. You don't want to use it in the first place. I don't either, but I understand the necessity. I've coped with it. And as someone who's hoping to get a house relatively soon, I definitely need to understand. Right. And I, I, I will not be caught with my fucking pants down. I am going to keep building credit as much as I don't want to use it. Ideally, ideally, I will get to like, you know, 80 or 100 or wherever, however long I get to live. And I will be like, I was right. I didn't need it. <laughs> Wasted my whole life doing it. <laughs> Well, my, my last thought is, like, the effects of 2020. We'll see what happens with that and how much forgiveness they have. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, don't even ask me about business accounts. I mean, I yeah. yeah, there's so <laughs> many fucking things. Yeah. Like, what what is what is this deferred, like, the government was like, don't force people to pay student loans. What is that doing to my credit? Uh, Biden mm -hmm. says he's going to fucking give us all like fifty thousand dollars of forgiveness Forgive what's that gonna do to credit uh i'm i'm really worried yeah. about what is um uh what are the stimulus checks doing to our taxes i believe they are going to be excluded from tax concerns i i believe i read that somewhere don't quote me on it but it is government money handed to us i don't believe the government's going to I mean realistically the government apparently knows everything that we owe anyways by the time people are listening yeah. to this episode they'll have the answer so don't worry it's about true it. <laughs> <laughs> any other final thoughts um yeah I'm just gonna throw this out one last time at the end of the episode to remind everybody none of us are financial experts please Talk to a financial expert if you're in a bad situation or if you want some legitimate advice on uh, credit building. This is very much a layman's look at credit score and some personal stories about how we've gotten to where we're at since all three of us have decent credit scores. Do not take this as gospel. Do not build your financial situation off of what's talked about here. See a professional if you legitimately need it. This was merely a food for thought on a system in the united states that could oh, probably you don't be worry, a bit Dan. better yes. the episode title is absolutely <laughs> going to be building credit is bullshit and unqualified how-to manual if you take advice from this actual legal <laughs> financial <laughs> advice from a thing titled that you're a moron i am sorry you got some problems <laughs> also if your parents don't talk i know everybody's got different situations they have been through all this before they have sifted through the fuckery if you trust them they're always a good source yeah they've probably encountered a lot of what we've talked about already uh i know some of us don't like talking to our parents too often but that's matt's right they they've been through it if you don't like your parents try your grandparents they've parents grandparents friends parents yep, yep. but that's my final thoughts uh older co-worker that you're particularly like fond of or whatever 
Yeah. Well, TJ, you got anything? Nope. I'm 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 pretty good with everything said. You good, Matt? Yeah. No. Once again, didn't think we'd get an hour <laughs> out of this. Bam. <laughs> well, before I roll our final credits, I just want to say thank you for loaning us your time to listen to this episode. Hey. <laughs> It does not require interest, though you are welcome to give it to us in the form of the other episodes that you could listen to or re-listen to, if this is your first one. This has been The Wax Show. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, DJ, with... I'm Matt. And I'm Dan. Bye.